Well, gosh, uh, we had so much fun last time. I'm so glad you decided to come back. Helen Mitchell, uh, speaker, author, consultant, professor at a university. Uh, is, there, is there anything you don't do? Oh, my gosh, these are, these are amazing things. What I love about you is um, that you have the business shoe leather background where you had to um, – create things, make things, run a team, sell things, make it happen in the rough and tumble world of business. But then you came to understand the church with your work as the founder of the Faith Work uh, Center at um, Saddleback Church. And now you find yourself in higher education at Talbot Seminary. Oh, and P.S., a mom of two with two dogs. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's 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 busy life, full life. It's great to have you back. Thank you. But we wanted to talk a little more about calling. Uh, it was a while back when I read uh, Oz Guinness's book, The Call. And, uh, it's a good book. It's a great book. It's a thick book. I'm wondering who's read it. Maybe not as many people as could. But what if we were to condense all that down in the Cliff's Notes version uh, for the business leaders listening mm-hmm. who might feel, might feel like they've heard their pastor talk about being called to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've maybe heard the missionaries they support say, being called. I'm called to be a missionary with whatever. They, they may have heard a nonprofit leader say, I felt called to become the such and such at a, a, a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not many business leaders say these words. I don't honestly I I feel heard any ca- business leader say that. I don't know. I'm called to be the vice president at IBM. I'm called to be the vice president at Amazon. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling called to join Google. I'm feeling called to uh, buy a franchise. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. don't we use that word when we're not talking about a religious job? Great question. And I would my first thought was, I don't know that we un- really understand what calling means. Mm, let's and, unpack it. And well, yes, and I, but I'm not so sure that that's a hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. As much as I don't know that we have the fullness of what calling means. Mm. Um, so the Oz um, Guinness book, The Call, which is a great book and it is uh, pretty hefty content. I could sum it up this way is that it's been a while, but this is what I remember. So you're, stuck, you're about to save somebody it's stuck four with hours. Me. Four hours. It's a good <laughs> book. Is that first we are called to someone. Mm-hmm. We are called to God. We are called to glorify God. We are mm. called to be in relationship with Jesus. We are called to someone. We are called to be the bride of Christ. I mm. don't think that we can, you know, Scripture says we don't know how deep and wide you know, his love is for us. And I don't mm. think that we really understand God's heart and his love and his desire and his wanting to bless mm. us. So again, that business person who's listening, they're getting up at 4.30. Wall Street Journal says uh, 4 o'clock is the new 6 o'clock. So oh, they're get- wow. They're getting up at 4.30. They're answering emails. They're uh, talking to the other coast and get that team going. Then they get to work at their desk by 6.30. And they're putting stuff out, and they go home at 7 o'clock. I, I listened to a story this morning that said uh, uh, the a team in this particular example is working together 17 hours a day. But if you run into your day or lay your head on the pillow at night and you forgot that you were called to God, right. to a relationship with him, 
Right. Then you we're missed, doing you that. You missed your primary calling. We, exactly. And we're all, and, and not only that is, I think we're missing into not only tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom and the revelation huh. and the insight. And if we really, as a business leader, you know, say, you know, say our, our, our work not only matters to God, it is God's. Huh. Um, and so. Wow, that's great. Your work not only matters to God, your work is God's. Right. Wow. And it belongs to him. So that would be the, the Oz Guinness book of the call. The first one is that we're called to somebody. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that we are called to something. Hmm. And um, calling comes from the, the word vocare, which we get the word voice. And we can be called to multiple things. You just gave them a rundown of some of my things. I, I am called to be a mom. And at the stage and the age of my daughters, my involvement in that calling is more than it will be, and it's probably less than it was when they were two. But part of my calling is to be a mom. Part of your calling is to be a dad and a husband and a business leader. So we are called to do something. We are called to something. We are called to a tangible representation of our work here on earth. Hmm. So we're called to God and we're called to something. Hmm. And I'm going to just throw a little... So, So my something doesn't have to be a religious job? Correct. Absolutely. It's, it's okay if I'm the owner of a car store. Or, or uh, right, or I'm the auto I, mechanic, or I, I run a own pizza shop. a BMW repair shop. Absolutely, or That's I run equal. a shipping business. Absolutely. And hmm. there's where I think we get the, 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 the incomplete, perhaps, view of calling when we talk about why have we seen it in missionaries and pastors and not in business leaders. And the times I've heard that in, in, in church, I just want to just sink down into my chair and almost just want to become invisible because I can only imagine what the business leader must be thinking. Like, well, okay, well, how come God hasn't called me? How come he hasn't, God hasn't yeah. rung me up yet? What how, you know, me? What's wrong with me? I mean, and, how, and then what I'm, am I doing? I'm pretty sure some business people see, this is going to sound terrible, so forgive me in advance, some of these people that go out into the mission field send back a prayer letter that says, actually, at the end of the day, they didn't really do very much. So I'm working pretty hard, 12 hours a day, and they're writing me about their kid's birthday party and the one guy they brought to faith in some foreign land. And I'm saying, well, I got a, I got some people I brought to faith, and I work 12 hours a day. Right. So their calling feels light to me sometimes. It doesn't. It's that's not all missionaries. There are missionaries who just work too hard and burn out and do yeah. incredible things, right? But calling to a religious place always felt more noble, more noble right. than my calling to a franchise. Or uh, I feel I feel more noble and more religious and spiritual when we I provide a meal for someone in my small group who may be going through a difficult time. Yeah. But I don't give it the and I call that ministry. But I don't give it perhaps the same thought is when I provide a meal for my family where I'm called to take care of my family. Well, ministry is not an occupation. It's right. not a job title. Right. It's not a, a, a description. It, it, it's diakonia, which is service one to another. Mm-hmm. So I believe that in God's eyes, that when I do it with all the right heart, mm-hmm. I provide a meal for yeah. my small group member, and I yeah. provide a meal for my children. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you that sometimes they wish I wouldn't because culinary is not my gift. But <laughs> I still provide for my children, uh-huh. and uh, and that in of itself is ministry. And when we look at Ephesians 2.10, 
Greg, it says that for we are God's workmanship. Mm-hmm. Workmanship. Let's stop and think about that. Mm. For we are God's workmanship. Create all of its beauty and elegance and uniqueness created in Christ Jesus. We know the scriptures, everything is by and for and through the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared long ago. Mm-hmm. So before the foundation of the world, God determined when we would live and the works that we would do. And it's not just the works inside the local church. Some people are called to do works as a pastor. Some people are called to do works as a, as a missionary. Absolutely. And those are very difficult jobs. But that work works as they're gone business mm-hmm. employment anything done by hand mm-hmm. so if we were to read that again that before the foundation of the world god determined who would be a ceo and run a good profitable equitable business that would provide a good auto repair shop for the community employ people and talents and show mm-hmm. uh, men and women what character looks like and develop them in their own callings and giftings mm-hmm. i guess it could be said that if you don't have profit uh, you don't have a company to honor God. I, you know what? There's a, a good friend of mine would talk about the difference between profit and non nonprofit. And even in the nonprofit world, they still have they call it margin, mm-hmm. and right they don't call it profit because it's not a profit. Mm-hmm. But his his comment on that is no margin, no mission, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no money, no mission. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, it is absolutely uh, it is absolutely true. Yeah, I was talking to a nonprofit leader uh, not so long ago that. Uh, was talking about what are the metrics of this nonprofit. They brought in some new metrics, and they actually reduced one metric from uh, many hundreds of thousands of givers and involved people and email addresses down to only maybe 15,000 email addresses, and they were still very profitable. And so it's those kind of, thing, those kind of things. But yeah. he receives the same requests I do, which would be something like, wouldn't you love to go and build something in some foreign country for a week, right? And my standard response, you know me a little bit, is if you ask me to go build a house in Mexico, my answer is no, because I'm not very good with a hammer and nails. But I always feel this little guilt twinge, like, oh, I should probably do that, but I would probably just kill somebody with a nail gun, so it's probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. I always say that, you know, as, um, well, that's good to remember if I have any handyman projects. Uh, don't call me. Don't call no, you. No, And I won't cook a meal for you. I'll do takeout. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the, the you know, it, it comes down to that, that, again, that core idea of calling and what are our gifts, what are our talents. That business leader, so many business leaders, I see they miss leveraging their gift of influence. Hmm. Their, their their responsibility of influence, the stewardship of influence, mm-hmm. the impact of influence. So what do I mean by that? By just going out to town hall and speaking? No. Mm-hmm. What I mean is going around, knowing what your employees are doing, working on, on what they're working on, encouraging them, helping them see the impact that what they're doing and the work that they're doing is how that's impacting the company mm-hmm. and beyond, mm-hmm. to knowing what's going on in somebody's life. Did you know that even in uh, our brain, our brain reacts differently when we feel like we're in a trust or a distrust environment? Mm. In a high-trust environment, our brain reacts so that we uh, uh, we can we can be at ease and release uh, creativity and innovation and we feel like we're in a distrust environment or or people don't care, we actually become in a fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And so even just someone just to say, you see me, and that was Hagar when she was run out of Abraham and Sarah's tent with her son Isaac, and she just wanted to die. She's the first one in Scripture that names 
God, and we think that's what the, called a theophany when Christ, uh, we see him in, in a human form. Mm-hmm. She says, you are the God who sees me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I just see you. Mm-hmm. It was, he sees me. Mm-hmm. So as a business leader, here I'm here to tell you, if you have not felt like that you've gotten the call from Jesus, this is it right now. You are called. You are just as called to be a good husband mm-hmm. and father as you are to run a profitable business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you know, Peter talks about, you know, honoring your wife, lest your prayers not be hindered. You have a calling that in all of those dimensions. But there's, Greg, did you know that there's lies about work that are keeping people from their calling? I can't wait to hear what they are. Well, I would love well, to tell uh, you. Let's, can we go backwards for one second? Absolutely. So I, 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 I outed, you give me your takeout order? I outed myself and said I don't really like to go and hammer nails into things and build walls because my wall's always crooked and my nails aren't nailed into things on the other side when people look on the other side. But I did go and do... But um, you would do it. I, I went and did a Mexico building project one time with a friend of mine who uh, twisted my arm appropriately, and I went. And and it was a time where I, you know, put the nail through wrong and the wall was crooked and all that stuff. But the guy who runs this project, it's his 501c3, he said, is there any way you could help me uh, think about these things? Because I think this is not working. I said, well, yeah, I'd be happy to. So for an hour, I cheated. I went off and sat on the hillside with him, and I said, if you could do this strategy-wise, if you could do this tactically, if you could do this operationally, if you could not not finish, you were in your not finish the house, and, and, and if you could finish the house, and if you could pre-do this, and he's like taking all these notes, and I thought... This, for me, is that Eric Liddell moment, right? Right. God may be fast when I run, I feel his pleasure. And you feel his pleasure. And I felt, oh, my gosh, this is me. But when I was doing the nail thing, I was like, oh, my gosh, I hate this. But I felt a little guilty that I was helping him and I wasn't banging in another nail. Because we're buying into some of the lies, not only about what we think calling is, what spiritual is, what spiritual work is, uh, all of those things. And what you just talked about is when you are in your Ergon for the works that you were created to. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, okay, you're back into my line of sight. I'm always transmitting. Mm-hmm. I'm always willing to work, but are you there to work through through mm-hmm. that with me? And and we just need to first of all stop comparing ourselves. Women mm-hmm. are the worst in terms of comparing, but stop comparing mm-hmm. skill sets, abilities, and things like that, and just find just what are the things that you're 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 gifted at. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great that's a great example right there. Let's just stop stop comparing and. Um, do you want to hear what the lies are? I do. So this has come about uh, by uh, my own observation, counseling, working with students, working with business leaders, mm-hmm. my own experience, and e- even seeking the scriptures. And, okay. there's, three and there's three lies, lies about... About work. Three lies calling. about work. Three lies about work and calling. Very briefly, I'll give you what they are, then we'll unpack them. First one is what you do. Mm-hmm. Second one is where you do it. Mm-hmm. And the third one is who does it. Hmm. I'm intrigued. All right. So let's talk about what you do. Now, we, I have great respect for business. I have great respect for business leaders, having been uh, a business executive in a corporate world and a Fortune 500 in that world. I understand those pressures, mm-hmm. um, and that's the, the, the world in which I cut my marketplace teeth on and experience, and I get it. And I love business. I love everything about it. And you're in the, you're in the business of serving business leaders. They are very valued and very needed. However, I think if we were to ask ourselves, we were even to look at examples that might be used in church, or we might look at when someone's introduced at a party, what do you do? 
Mm-hmm. Someone says, I'm a business leader or I'm a business owner. There's almost a certain rock star mentality that goes around that versus, oh, yeah, I work on a factory line or, um, you know, I'm a construction foreman or um, I'm a secretary or I'm a teacher. There's just seems to be more rock star quality. You know, granted, a business leader can cast a longer shadow of influence. But, but what if that business leader all, what if... What if cleaning and janitorial did not show up for three weeks in their building and their biggest prospect just showed up for that killer presentation that they have worked all year to get into that building for that presentation mm-hmm. and they worked all night on that presentation, but first they decide they need to stop by the restroom? Mm-hmm. Oops. Oops is right. Well, for, for a decade, I worked in a company that cleaned hospitals to the tune of $4 billion, and the answer in a healthcare institution is it would close down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so there's this, so it's just the what you do. And each job has its own responsibilities. Each industry has its own uniqueness. But mm-hmm. what we do is whether I'm in the business world or whether I'm cleaning or whether I'm in an industry of construction or hospital or medical or whatever it is. So that's the first lie is that mm-hmm. what we do has has value one over another. Mm-hmm. And scripturally, that's not correct. Mm-hmm. The second thing is um, where you do it. Mm-hmm. I think that um, to this whole idea, when we're talking about calling and we're talking about faith at work, we're talking about how does my work matter to God, really is in that idea. There's back to even some deeply long, deeply held beliefs that what we do in and of the local church has more intrinsic value for God or is more noble than something we do outside the church. And we just spoke about that. Right. My so, my my pastor is doing His, something more noble than for, me. Right, exactly. So what I do, or, or what I even, maybe even what I do as a volunteer in the local church could be perceived or thought of. And I, I, I've had con- honest conversations with people, and they, you really get down, and, and really they may not recognize it, but they're thinking that running traffic or parking or child care and all those things, we need to be involved in the local church. We have a ministry inside and outside the local church. But that business leader might see that as more significant. Or how about this one? How about the work and and the value that we provide in the marketplace? We could subtly think that that's more important than the work of the home. Mm-hmm. If I would say that if we fail with our children, we fail to bring them up in the Lord and to help them find their calling and to become a lover of Jesus and do the work and the ergon that they were called to do, well, I think that's a big black mark on our record one day when we stand before Jesus. And I think one way to test our heart is for all of us. When we get home, are we more eager to get back to that email than to sit on the floor and play Legos with the little kid mm-hmm. or to listen to our teenager's day? Mm-hmm. Or for the man who works all day and his wife is staying home managing her part of creation and doing her air gone? Mm-hmm. Does he potentially see his work more important than what she has been doing all day and that her job Mm -hmm. now is to serve her instead of recognizing that she, too, might have had a hard day? Mm -hmm. I think if we kind of inspect some of those things, we can can kind of realize that, oh, gosh, I've kind of bought... I've kind of soaked into and bought in some of these lies about culture. And let me wrap up the last thing in in, the last piece is who does it? Mm -hmm. So so what you do, where Where you you do do it, it... And, and who, who does, does it? it? There is, and I'm just going to go out on a limb as we're going to close with this 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 bombshell piece. Okay. Is that I'm ready. Um, that 
the work of men tend to be more readily accepted into a male-dominated industry, work fit, workplace, marketplace, mm-hmm. uh, into a male-dominated world. And women are looking, how do I fit in? How do I be a part of this? But to, generally, the work of the man is considered to be more valuable or involved or looked at first more than the work of the woman. In reality, in Genesis 1, we know that God called man and woman equally uh-huh. to rule and manage the earth with his authority. And one could say, well, yeah, you're, you rule and manage the, the household. No, in part, but in, and here's why. Here's why I would say that's, that's an incomplete picture of the mm-hmm. work of women in the world. And I'll just wrap up with this piece. And that is that when that scripture that's Jesus, that God said, I'm going to make for Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make him a helper or a helpmate. Mm-hmm. The Hebrew of that word is etzar konegdo, mm-hmm. which means corresponding to face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And that is used 17 times in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. 15 of those times is to describe God himself helping the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. So for that woman to be an etzar konegdo is not an inferior term. She is to work alongside, corresponding to, -to face-to-face with that man. And so there's a lot that can be said about helping women find their place in the world and helping them be a person that can be invited to the table and that's a whole nother conversation but the lies that we have we kind of built in that kind of hold people back from their calling greg what you do where you do it and who does it Hmm. i love it i love it Mm -hmm. and little did you know that that's one of my favorite uh Hebrew words to talk about in a marriage situation. The etzar connecto really? is is the I'm another impressed. another translation of that is that it talks about she's there to show you God when you forget. And sometimes wow. sometimes Shelley will say to me, Hey, you know, the way you did such and such, uh, mm, that wasn't so good. And I need to say, Oh, you're showing me God and wow. I forgot. Not, hey, you know, you don't understand how I needed to do such and such. So uh, in a marriage relationship, very important. And if there's any marriages out there that are listening, any, any men or women who are married that are saying, hey, uh, I have the important job. I'm, right. the, I'm the CEO. I'm the vice president of Europe. I'm the, I'm the chief technology officer. And we my, love that. And uh, my husband is a stay-at-home dad, right? Or my wife is a stay-at-home mom. Well, if it wasn't for them keeping things working and reminding you to rest, reminding you to be with the kids, reminding you of all these things. See that as from God, not just the lips of your spouse. And and what if we were even to look at, it's well said, what if we were even to look at the home as a home, as the enterprise of family, whatever, where each person is keeping that part of that enterprise spinning and running for the glory of God and for the mutual joy and satisfaction of those people that are in that enterprise called family. Well, we started with calling and we ended with marriage. What a great journey. Um, Helen Mitchell, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. uh, I appreciate very much you coming in. I think we had a great time. And if anybody uh, wants to find out more about you and what you do, where would they go? To my website, HelenMitchell.org. Great. HelenMitchell.org, it shall be. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Greg. All yeah. right. See ya.